Hello and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Adi Adewusi. I'm a product manager at Microsoft, a mathematician, a futurist, tech optimist, artist and creator, and I'm here every day, usually Monday through Friday, bringing you the news, the hot topics in tech, some career advice, an update on the markets, and letting you know what I'm geeked out about. So before I get into today's episode, go ahead and hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe if you're not already subscribed, hit the follow button if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. cetera. Uh, if you wanna get these if you want to get this podcast directly into your email inbox, you can subscribe to the Substack. It's editionpod.substack.com. It's free and comes with all the show notes and the links that you can also see in the descriptions on the YouTube uh, videos or on the descriptions in the podcast links. So before, oh, also you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Edition with Addy and Twitter at Edition Pod. Okay. And Let's get into the markets. So crypto, Bitcoin is hovering at 20,200. It is down 3.83% over the past seven days. Ethereum is hovering at 1,074 and it is down 1.84%. The S&P 500 is down 0.4% over the past five days. And the NASDAQ is actually up 0.16% over the past five days. So um, we are heading into earnings seasons shortly. So every quarter, um, businesses that are public, meaning they're listed on a public stock exchange, they need to share their earnings statements that show, you know, their how much profit are they making, revenue, things like that, all their financial statements. So we're really not going to know what's going on with the markets until we get those earnings. And fortunately, they're coming up. So we're in the which quarter are we in right now? We're in, so the last quarter ended in March, the next quarter, April, May, June. So the end of this month is the end of the second quarter of the calendar year. So we should start getting earnings starting next month. So markets don't like uncertainty and once we get earnings, we'll see some certainty. Like how much is inflation actually impacting businesses? How much is um, hiring and wage growth, all those things, what is that impact? Are we seeing increasing demand? Are we seeing less demand? The best part about getting earnings reports at a time when the market is uncertain is that analysts may be overly bearish or underestimating the business. And if they exceed their expectations, the stocks will like shoot up temporarily. And if they are, if things are worse than analysts actually think, then stocks will drop dramatically. So at least we will see a movement in one direction or another. Are we in a true bear market recession or is this just a temporary blip? and we're about to do a V-shaped recovery like we saw during COVID. Considering that interest rates are rising, it's highly unlikely that we're gonna get a, the type of V-shaped recovery that we got in 2020, but anything is possible with the market. So just be careful as you're listening to people talk about you know, expectations for the next year, or you know, if they're feeling bullish or bearish on the markets, just know that that is equivalent to listening to you know a psychic or a fortune teller. Literally, no one knows what's actually going to happen, so you need to do what's right for you. I will link again in the show notes, um, you know, investment be investing best practices as well as a link to 
how to find a fiduciary financial advisor if you are thinking, you know, it's better I leave this up to the professionals. Okay, so hot topics in tech. So I have a lot of Amazon articles to discuss. So let's start with their warehouse labor issues, and then we can slow end with what's going on in diversity in tech. Okay, so the first article is from Vox. So Amazon's workforce turnover is so high that it could run out of people to hire by 2024. That's the headline. Articles linked in the show notes. So I quote from the article, Amazon is facing a looming crisis. It could run out of people to hire in its U.S. warehouses by 2024, according to a leaked Amazon internal research from mid-2021 that Recode reviewed. If that happens, the online retailer service quality and growth plans could be at risk, and its e-commerce dominance along with it. Raising wages and increasing warehouse automation are two of the six levers, in quotes, Amazon could pull to delay this labor crisis by a few years. But only a series of sweeping changes to how the company does business and manages its employees will significantly alter the timeline, Amazon predicted. Quote, if we continue business as usual, Amazon will be depleting the labor, available labor supply in the U.S. network by 2024, end quote. The research, which hasn't been previously reported, says... The leaked internal findings also serve as a cautionary tale for other employers who seek to emulate the Amazon way of management, which emphasizes worker productivity over just about any, everything else and churns through the equivalent of its entire frontline workforce year after year, end quote. So uh, my take on what's going on here is they Amazon has been prioritizing efficiency and productivity over everything understanding that a lot of their employees will leave the company or churn as they call in the article but they will they have an expectation that they will or they had an expectation that they would always be able to replace um, their warehouse workers with more at this point they have gone through so many employees that they are worried that they're going to run out of people to hire in 2024, which means, and I saw in the article that Amazon requires about a million staff. Yes, so I quote for the article in terms of their needs. So the research provides a rare glimpse into the staffing challenges that Amazon is now facing behind its slick veil of one-click online shopping and same-day prime delivery. And it pointedly reveals how much of Amazon's business and its long-time position as a darling of Wall Street investors is dependent on its workforce of more than 1 million people who pick, pack, and ship its customers' orders nearly 24-7. So a million people is a lot to have to employ so the reason why this article is relevant is because stocks are priced based on growth trajectories. So Amazon's growth is right now limited by the amount of warehouse, um, warehouse workers who will stay employed at the company. So best case scenario, Amazon workers get a huge pay hike and because the company realizes how valuable they are. Worst case scenario, Amazon fails. I mean, I, I can't even imagine saying that, but Amazon is working on one of its levers, which is automation. So next article, this from The Verge, Amazon's first fully auto autonomous warehouse robot is called Proteus. And I have the link to the article in the show notes. I quote, 
Amazon has announced its first fully autonomous mobile robot meant to move large carts through its warehouses. The robot is called Proteus, and Amazon says it can safely navigate around human employees, unlike some of its past robots that it kept separated in a caged area. Amazon says Proteus robots have advanced safety perception and navigation technology, and a strangely silent video shows the robots shining a green light in front of themselves as they move around. When an employee steps into the beam, the robot stops moving. The ro this then resumes after the person moves away, end quote. So if you are running out of workers, it is a good idea to start thinking about how you can leverage technology to automate some of the work that the workers are doing. I will say that I, I used to work in automation. Um, I guess what they call it now is robotic process automation. Automation still requires, like our automation is very limited to specific narrow use cases. And when there was a story a while back about Tesla, how they were all about automating their factories and they actually had to roll back some of their automation because it was less efficient. It was more efficient to have humans do it. So this is long-term. It's great that Amazon is investing in automation, but short-term, this is not going to solve their, you know, potential labor shortage. So just something to keep in mind as you're either interviewing at Amazon, working at Amazon, etc. So let's get into some more somber Amazon news, or I guess good. It depends on how you look at it. So this is from CNBC. Amazon loses two black execs, Alicia Bowler Davis and David Bozeman. And that's the headline. And I quote from the article, the head of warehouses, Alicia Bullard Davis, and transportation, David Bozeman, are departing the company. The move comes after Amazon announced earlier this month that former CEO of Worldwide Consumer, Dave Clark, would soon resign. Alicia Bowler Davis was in the running for the operations lead position, which CEO Andy Jassy gave to John Felton. Alicia Bowler Davis, Senior Vice President of the Global Customer Fulfillment and a member of the company's leadership team, and David Bozeman, VP of Amazon Transportation Services, are departing the company. According to people familiar with the matter, both were among the company's few top black executives. Amazon has made progress on diversity in its executive ranks in recent years, but still only 5.5% of its senior leaders were black as of the end of 2021, according to company data. End quote. So it's always sad to see, um, like, and I know there are probably non-black people listening to this podcast and um, they may not understand why this is significant. So I'm aware of two black female senior leaders in the tech industry. One is Bazoma St. John, who just stepped down from her position as chief marketing office, officer at Netflix. And she, I'm not sure where she's going next. And Alicia Bowler Davis, who is the senior vice president of global customer fulfillment. So I had two women to look up to in terms of my career trajectory, just to say like, this is possible for me. Now one is gone with Bazoma and now Alicia is leaving Amazon. I'm not sure what she's doing next. They said that they had found opportunities outside of the company. And I also am aware that tech companies are, you know, working really hard to 
diversify their leadership. And so this is kind of a step backwards for Amazon. So that's why I'm reporting on the story. And I'm moving on to the next story, which is also related to diversity in tech. Um, this is from ZDNnet. The headline is tech jobs, men are still most likely to get interviews, says report. So there's a report that came out yesterday from Hired. I haven't gone through all of the details of the report. I did see the overview. And I'm going to quote some of the stats from this article from ZDNet. So when trying to fill tech jobs last year, more than one in three, more than one in three, 36.7% of companies sent interview requests only to male candidates, according to research by Hired. The tech industry has long struggled with the issues of diversity. More than nine in 10 software developers worldwide are men. Hiring said that hiring, Hired said there had been a significant decrease in the percentage of positions that sent interview requests exclusively to male candidates during the past year in 2020. That figure was 42.4%, although this year's data shows there's still significant work to do. This is progress, but means nearly 40% of all roles are not requesting interviews with female candidates at all. Let me say that again. This is progress, but means nearly 40% of roles are not requesting interviews with female candidates at all. In the US, Denver, Seattle, San Francisco Bay Area, and Boston, they had the narrowest wage gaps where women were offered 95 cents for each $1 offered to men in 2021. The worst places for women were New York, which has 93%, to a, 93 cents to a dollar, Toronto, which is 92 Canadian dollars to a dollar, to a Canadian sorry, 92 Canadian cents to a Canadian dollar, and London, 91 pence to a pound, women versus men, in pay. I continue quoting, a 2019 study by Glassdoor found the gender pay gap in the U.S. is 21.4%, meaning women earn 0.79 cents for every $1 men earn on average, which is small, which is a small improvement from the pay gap in 2016. In 2021, the positions, the percentage of positions offering a lower salary on average to women had declined slightly, according to hired stats. It was 61.8% in 2021, 63.2% .2 in 2020, and 66.4% in 2019. The gender wage gap for DevOps roles in the US, UK, and Canada was 5%, meaning women are offered 5% lower salaries than men for the same roles. Interview requests sent only to white job seekers declined from 23.2% in 2020 to 14.8% in 2021, while interview requests to only white and Asian job seekers decreased from 61.4% in 2020 to 49.0% in 2021." End quote. Okay, so that was a lot of numbers, but big picture, we are improving, but we still have a long way to go. And I'm just really grateful that we're tracking this information. And I'm glad that companies, for example, like Microsoft are publicly sharing their diversity stats because I, I it feel, I'm sure if you're someone who's not a minority and you're listening to this, it may feel like people are trying to steal jobs from your people, but if it was reversed and you know you had five only 5.5 percent of leaders were looked like you or came from the same background 
as you, you know, maybe you would feel like, is there some sort of systemic discrimination going on? You know, what's going on here? So I'm glad that we're talking about this more. I'm glad that the um, the stats are available, and I will provide a link in the show notes to the hired report so you can uh, look through the numbers yourself. Okay, moving on to the career segment. So I talked about mentors and sponsors and more in the place of why we need mentors and sponsors, but I also want to encourage you to be a mentor and a sponsor. It may seem like we're so far behind, we're so far away from the top, and we're just a low-level employee. That is not true. I guarantee you that there's someone that you are someone behind you that you can help bring along. And I really encourage you to do that. And it's not completely altruistic because teaching others is actually the best way to learn. That's actually how you cement your knowledge when you have to explain it to someone else. So I had a great little happy hour yesterday with um, someone. She's actually still in college, and I hope she's listening to the podcast because I was so impressed with her. She's still in college her senior year. She has a full-time position at Microsoft, which I'm like, that is so impressive. And, you know, she reached out to me and started a conversation, and I really appreciated that, and I invited her to um, a happy hour just so we could chat a little bit more, and it was just such a great conversation. Um, it's I love helping others, obviously, or I wouldn't be doing this podcast, right? So um, just think about who you can help. In, you know, Every time someone helps you, think about someone that who you can turn around and help as well. So what am I geeked out about this week? I am just... Not to be boring, but I'm just geeked out about the blue skies in Atlanta right now. The weather has been gorgeous. It may be too hot for some, but it's hovering around 90 degrees, which is probably like my favorite temperature. And I am in full summer swing. I am sitting on patios. I'm sitting next to pools. I'm eating al fresco. And I hope you are enjoying the same. All right. I will see you tomorrow. Bye.